This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink handy. Adam Savage. Hello, nerds. How are you guys doing? Uh, I want to start by telling you something that um, um, I want to tell you just a, one little thing about Rootstock, which you might not know, which is that uh, this thing is something that Paul and Storm and Will bust their ass on and graciously allow me to come in and play. Uh, I come in late in the process, quite honestly, and they're the ones with the real vision in this, and I'm honored to be here. I love every single time I'm blowing kisses backstage to you guys. Mwah, mwah, mwah. I'd actually like to give you a little bit of an idea about what a fine group of people these are. Uh, we were trading emails back and forth over the last week, and uh, we were talking about something, and somebody said, send in the clowns. And because I like this type of joke, I said... Funnily enough, send in the clowns is what I say before I bust a nut. Not really. But then everyone else started chiming in. Kevin Murphy likes, Bustin' makes me feel good. Roderick, are prepare to be boarded. Paul, dip, 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 nanny. Yeah, not many of you have seen that. Uh, Storm, I taught, I taught, booty tat. Corbett, six semper tyrannis. But truly, the best one has to be Will's, which is all ahead, warp factor fuck. <laughs> um, oh, I, I've got an iPad on the table there. Could someone hand that to me? Okay. So hi, we're here at Comic-Con. You might know me, my name is Adam Savage. I host a show called Mythbusters. I've been doing it for about nine years. We've made 191 hours of programming. This is our fourth year at Comic-Con. We used to be able to say we're the only reality show here, but no longer. There's now others. We've braved a new field. Um, and uh, one of the reasons we keep coming back here is because of you guys. The fans of Mythbusters are just, they're legion, and they love us so much, but they didn't always love us. And I have a couple of examples. We did, a, we did an episode a few years ago about a famous sniper named Carlos Hathcock. Yep. And famous Vietnam-era sniper, Carlos Hathcock, apparently shot a guy with such accuracy that he shot through their scope and through their eyeball and killed them. And we, we did it twice on the show. And the first time we did it, we kind of messed it up because we used all the wrong guns and ammo and scopes and everything. And this guy wrote to us, and he was pretty mad. Um, I, I'm only guessing what his voice sounded like here. Uh, and you should understand that easily 30% of these words are completely misspelled, including things like beginners and exploding and fags. <laughs> hey, Mythbusters, number one, don't try to call Mr. Carlos Hathcock a liar. L-Y-E-R. You California limp wristers don't jack shit about firearms. I seen the one shooting a 9mm down 38 cylinder. I'm only guessing that he went in the word cylinder by what he spelled. 
that makes it smaller. Get your facts straight. Don't be telling more lies to the viewers if you don't keep your mouth shut. Also, a long time ago, you showed another skit about a CD exploding in the CD drive, where a CD exploded to several hundred pieces in the drive and whipped it out. Just because you fags don't know what you were talking about, just because you sissies can't do something, doesn't mean it can't be done. Do a lot more research before you air a shitload lies. Nobody wants to listen to a couple limp-wristed liars from Gayville. <laughs> parentheses, California. <laughs> second parentheses, second parentheses, the land of fruits and nuts homos. <laughs> Leave the firearms alone. You might shoot yourself in the foot like the beginners that you are. There was this thing that happened in the beginning where People kept thinking that we were gay, and Jamie got upset about it because he got some really over-the-top fan mail like, I want to suck that mustache right off your face. His, his wife explained that a compliment is a compliment no matter who it comes from, and he should be grateful. And in his amazing Vulcan way, he went, that's absolutely right, I agree. I, I got one, which was, you are so funny on the show, so nutty and sweet, like peanut brittle. Hopefully just as hard. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't have felt dirty that he sent me a picture with his, like, five-year-old son, but somehow it felt dirty. Um, if you've seen me at a Woodstock before... You know that I, I'm obsessed with talking to my kids about sex. Um, it, it, a few years ago, when my son, just before my kids, my twins, got kicked out of Catholic school, one of them got busted. <laughs> they didn't really get kicked out, but we got sent a letter that said, if you left suddenly, none of us would mind. <laughs> um, my son, thing one, had pulled down a girl's pants and I thought it was funny, my wife didn't think this was funny, but I thought it was funny to tell him that you never pull down a girl's pants unless she asks you, and even then, it's not always a good idea. <laughs> she didn't think it was funny, and he didn't understand. <laughs> but they're starting to understand more than I wish they understood. Uh, you know... <laughs> It's like, I'm trying, I want to talk to my kids about sex, but it turns out that I have to teach them about porn first because of the internet? Like, how do you contextualize bukkake for an 11-year-old? What? And to parents out there with kids in the audience, you're welcome. What do you tell them when they ask you what a Cleveland steamer is? Oh, yeah, see? That shit's fucked up. We, we, I've caught, I've now caught both of my kids, they're 12 years old, I've now caught both of them surfing porn on the web. And in both cases it happened in the same exact way, except I was able to use the experience from the first kid, he's asked me to stop talking about him. But the other one, thing one, hasn't asked me to stop talking about him, so I'm going to talk about him. I used the experience of the first kid, thing two, to deal with thing one, surfing porn. And it happened in the same way. His mom, I split custody with their mom, sent me an email on, late on a Saturday night 
like the last thing she was able to get out of her computer before it was crippled by porn malware. <laughs> like a link dump of all his Google searches. I have both of their first Google searches that involve sex. It's like, I have footage of my kid walk, of both my kids the first day that they walked, and I don't care about that as much as their first Google sex search. <laughs> one of them was nudies, but the other one was just straight up big boobs. <laughs> just right to, the, right to the big boobs. So I, I went over to the house first thing Sunday morning, like 8 a.m. I picked him up, and... You know, I remembered from the first kid that playing bad cop didn't work. He was just going to deny it. So I didn't even waste time on the bad cop. I got him in the back seat of the car, and I said, look, I'm not even going to waste time playing bad cop with you because I tried it on your brother, and it didn't work. What you should know at the outset is I see no problem being interested in seeing pictures of naked women. In fact, it's one of the best parts about being a man is being able to see women naked. So I fully support your curiosity. I am totally not going to punish you in any way, and there's nothing you should be ashamed about. Now, is there anything you'd like to tell me? And he went, I search for big boobs. <laughs> and I was like, yes, this is working. So I take, him, I take him out to breakfast, and we sit at breakfast. Oh, that's the other thing is, there was big boobs, and then there was like, you know, uh, what looked like, oh, I'm searching, I'm leaping from page to page, and pop-ups, and all that stuff. And at the end, is this brand new, like, search term, not even a search term, just filled in the URL bar, RedTube. I didn't know what RedTube was, but I quickly found out, flash, amateur flash porn site. And uh, so I said, uh, I said, what about RedTube? And it's kind of frightening when you know that your kid is lying right to your face to see how good they are at it at 11. I said, what about RedTube? And he went, no, I don't know. It's like totally convincing. So I went through the same whole speech with him that I went through with the first kid, which it essentially comes down to you should be afraid of the internet. It's going to show you things that are going to bend your mind in ways that it can't handle. You're too young. Your brain is plastic. It's forming. You need to be able to allow it to form in a normal way. There are things you will see out there that you can't unsee. I told him about cracking my grandfather's textbook on breast cancer when I was eight years old. I've still never gotten some of those things out of my brain. And you know, then I went all the way towards contextualizing it for him. I, I thought, you know, he is, that's going to protect him for like a year, but after that year, he's going to go look at some just rude, nasty, terrible things. And I just said, look, you know, the internet, the internet hates women. That's the best way I can put it. And he's like, why? And I'm like, oh, you and me both. I have no idea. But it's out there, and you're just going to have to put it in that category you're just going to have to take that stuff that you see. You will see it. It's really disturbing. You're going to have to put it in this place. Now, I can tell, and I'm looking across at him, that there's like 900 things going through your brain right now. Why don't you pick one and tell it to me? And he went, I search red tube. <laughs> I was like, yeah! I said, you saw some people having sex there, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, did it make you feel kind of sick? And he was like, yeah. I'm like, good, it should right now, because that's, that's not the way you should. I honestly want to um, almost buy a couple of old Playboys and just leave them in the basement where I know they'll find them. They'll be like, Dad left some Playboys under the bicycle locks. Holy shit. Let's, let's go check these out, because that's like wholesome. 
It's totally wholesome. Have you, I mean, if you haven't read Playboy, it, it is just, it's, it's, it's like a primer for, for almost elegance and chivalry compared to the internet. I want to go back to the early days. This is my son, just at one point, he's three years old, and he says, apropos of nothing, that the penis is a very special part of your body. Yes, it is. More special than the foot? That's, that's a good question. All right. Let me think about a metric by which to compare these two different body parts. Let's see. If I lost my foot, well, quite honestly, I'd be able to make a foot. That foot would function just like my foot. I might have a little bit of a limp, but I'd effectively notice no difference to me or the rest. Yes, the penis is far more important than the foot. I'd say the calf. I'm going to go to both legs above the knee, quite honestly. That's a simple talk about sex. Let's see. Have I covered all of the talking about? Yes, Bukaki, Cleveland Steamer. Um, the other thing that I've done at Woodstock is I have sung as my alter ego, Gollum. Um, and I've sung, uh, what's the song I've sung? I Will Survive. I Will Survive. Um, but I thought that it's time to break out a new Gollum song for you, for you guys. So if I could get the help of uh, Jason, Furman, and Roderick out here to help me uh, sing a new song as Gollum, for the Comic-Con Woodstock crowd. Come on out. Is nobody coming out? But stretch, stretch, because they're being gathered from downstairs. They're looking for good beer. That's the problem. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I didn't give them any warning at all. So a little primer on the Gollum voice. When I was a kid, I used to do Opera Man. And now, I used to do that all the time. And, you know, the way you do it is squeezing the back of your throat. And then uh, I watched a lot of John Biner on HBO when I was a kid. And John Biner had this, this small voice that talked like this, which is a little like Roger Rabbit. Um, and I learned that I could do the shmoo voice. And then when I finally saw Lord of the Rings, I realized that Andy Serkis is basically doing a modified shmoo. From the opera man to the shmoo to Gollum. <laughs> It's a pretty short leap. You can go ahead. That's something you can try at home. I know it's a cheap joke. All right. Shall we start? <clears throat> Will you give me the key? <laughs> give me the first note. <laughs> and now, the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. I've lived a life that's good. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's good. I've traveled each. I know I'm not on the beat at all. And every highway, but more, much more than this. I did it my way. 
Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew. But through it all, but through it all, but through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all and I stood tall and did it my way. Thank you very much.